Good morning, LifeBridge. We want to welcome everybody to the 10-year celebration of LifeBridge Christian Church. We're Joe and Sherry Bennett, for those of you that don't know us. We moved to Kentucky last year, but we were a part of LifeBridge when it first formed, and it's hard to believe it's been 10 years ago that we finished the meetings with the former Decatur Christian Church and the former Hartzell Christian Church leadership and decided to merge the two churches into LifeBridge. We were excited back then because we had talked about as a church, we wanted to take a different direction. We wanted to focus not so much on numbers and physical numbers of people, but spiritual growth in people through discipling relationships. And I know that helped me grow personally and spiritually and that I got to know people a lot better and the life groups that we formed, we were able to, to really develop relationships and disciple people through those. And we hope that that's continuing today. We, we know that it is, and we're excited for you all as you look forward to the next 10 years. And I know Sherry would agree with the, the close relationships we developed as part of LifeBridge. Yes, and we just still like feel like we're part of the LifeBridge family, and we love you all, and we miss you all so much. And, but it does my heart good to hear that there are new faces in the congregation, and, and that's what it's all about. So just um, we want to wish you a wonderful day and celebration of the past 10 years, and uh, so grateful for what God has done at, at LifeBridge Christian Church. And, and we love you, and we'll be thinking of you, and... Um, we just hope that uh, that you continue to love each other and to serve God in, in the church and in the community. You guys have a great day. We wish we were there to eat with you. We love you. Let's all stand and celebrate God's faithfulness to life groups this morning.
came to LifeBridge in November of 2015. I was looking for a church. Um, I hadn't been attending church for about 10 years due to uh, family issues, and I was in a very dark place. Uh, when I came to LifeBridge, I was made welcome. Uh, Michael, of course, introduced himself. Caleb, uh, J.W., Jimmy Little, Perry, all made sure that I was welcome. I noticed right off the bat that the emphasis was placed on relationships. And I observed that uh, during the short period of time that I attended that uh, relationships were being formed, uh, people were being mentored, and uh, disciples were being made. I placed membership in February of 2016. Uh, I had the good fortune of attending two DS1s, and those experiences made a huge difference in how I approach religion. Uh, I grew up in a restoration church, so I felt right at home here at LifeBridge. But the DS1 involved relationships and vulnerable, vulnerability. Um, that enabled me to improve relationships with others. Uh, to end up becoming a, a uh, life group leader and trustee. And now I'm simply waiting to see what God has in store for LifeBridge in the future. We moved down here about 12 years ago or thereabouts, and we're looking for a church. We've been blessed with good churches all our lives. Uh, good people and, and uh, everything else. And when we came down here and we came here, we were going to all different churches and we made a stop here. Kind of liked it and came back again and stuck with it. Uh, it it's just it seems to be a close and personal, close and personal place. And uh, the people here are genuine. Uh, everybody's out to help you. And, and when they say they'll help you, they mean they'll help. Um, it brought peace of mind because we hated to leave our last church and it really brought peace of mind here when we got here. Hi, I'm Dee Baker. Um, what LifeBridge means to me is I finally understood the meaning of church family. I had heard about it, read about it, but never understood it until being a member here. Of course, in our other churches, we had friends and we had close relationships. But LifeBridge seemed to take it up a notch, like everybody's connected through the good, the bad, and the in-between. We have more of an intimate relationship, I'd say, and I think that impacted me a lot. And I'm so thankful that we found it. And Michael's not that bad of a preacher either. Yeah, Michael said to not be afraid to brag him up, so I guess he's okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
came to LifeBridge in 2015 when we had two infants. We had not been a part of a church since we had been married. Um, LifeBridge has definitely changed our lives for the better. We have been taught how to be Christian parents and seen good examples of that. We have um, been discipled here and discipled others and been blessed in both cases. We have um, people in our congregation who will teach you and not judge. There's always a listening ear around. We have people here who will give you the shirt off their back. Um, we have been taught how to solve conflict biblically. And we have leadership here who um, truly turn to the Bible for all of the answers that you were looking for and help you through anything that um, you come to. Um, but for us, LifeBridge, um, just worshiping with other Christians who welcome you with open arms um, truly makes all the difference in the world. For me, uh, we came to LifeBridge years ago, like Brittany said, but because we wanted our kids to be raised in a church and was looking for the right places to accomplish that. One thing I like about LifeBridge when we first got here was the class that basically explains to every new member of what this church is all about. And LifeBridge has changed my life, and it's not because of sitting in church every Sunday. It's the countless hours being put in outside of the church that's changed my life the most, from the life groups to just men's groups. I read more books at LifeBridge than I probably read my entire high school days. Every book focusing on something different from being better husbands to fathers and just friends. It's nice to have other people to talk with, to talk about the struggle. And you'd be surprised at how many people struggle with the same things that you struggle with. And how to deal with those struggles in a Christian manner. It helps you with home life, work life, and just friendship life. LifeBridge has taught me something I never thought I could do, and that's leave everything up to someone else which is God, and it did not happen overnight. It's taught me that we can just pray. We can't just pray and expect the easy route. We also have to work toward our goals and expect the unexpected. When you pray for a job, you also have to put in the applications. When you pray to lose weight, maybe, God is answering by giving you the time to exercise. My point is, it has taught me to open my eyes and look at the whole picture and not what is just in front of me.
reading from Colossians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all with all his glorious power, so you will have all of this endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people, who live in the light and for whom he has rescued. Purchase our freedom and forgive us our sins. We come here today to remember the sacrifice God um, gave for us. He let his son, he gave up his son to die for us, shed his blood so we could be with him in heaven. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for letting us come here today. Thank you for letting us celebrate 10 years. It's been, um, has had an impact on, I think, everybody's life in here. Thank you for letting, um, thank you for letting your son die on the cross for us to, uh, for our forgiveness of our sins so we can spend our time in heaven with you. Amen. Amen.
calls me and it tempts me and it wants me but I'm not giving in still it taunts me still it haunts me but it leaves me empty in the end and the way is clear and true in this running with the devil I'm gonna Parted the raging 
right? Like, like the first couple of pictures, you saw a building that was on fire. Uh, that was mine and Jackie's office at the last church. Like, I, I mean, it, it's there. We're there. There's fire in there. And I mean, it is like you can just see the flames are coming up out of, out of these windows and out of the roof line. Like, it wasn't a fire. It was a fire. Like, like it, it, it was happening. But, but here's the thing about the journey of LifeBridge. Here's the thing about this church that we need to, we need to recognize. Uh, the journey um, began long before that. The, 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 the journey began actually two weeks into Amanda and I and Griffin at the time moving to, to Hartsville, Alabama. To, to this little church that we really truly felt God called us to. And, and, and we, we show up and we think we're going to be doing one thing and it's, it's two weeks into the journey and it's like, okay, but this ain't right. Well, it, God's got something else in store for us. Well, we didn't know what it was. And, and, and like, like many of us in our prayer lives, we pray, hey Lord, what is it? Like there's this, this urging, there's this, there's this little nudging within who I was that God wanted me to do more than just youth ministry, but I had no idea what it was. And, and, and we prayed. And things happened. But, but, but not with us. We, we prayed some more. And, and other things happened. And ministers would come and ministers would leave and there would be a turnover of, of, of leadership. And then, and, and then they came to me, the youth minister, and said, hey, would you like to actually be the preaching minister of this church? At which point I was like, nope. Got want nothing to do with that. And they're like, well, you know what? You've kind of outlasted all the other guys that have come through here. Uh, why, why, don't you give it a, why don't you give it a whirl? And uh, I was like, no, not cut out for it. I don't need to be doing this. And, and, and then it kind of like God saying, yeah, do this. And, I, and I'm like, I don't know, I preach like every week? Like, is that, is that part of the job? Like, I have to preach every single Sunday? Oh, well, I didn't know that was part of it. And and, and so as, 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 we, as we go through, man, those, those five years uh, that, that we were youth minister and, and preaching minister at Hartzell, and they, they were filled with ups and they were filled with downs and a lot of downs. And, and I'll tell you this, um, I went on my first mission trip to Zimbabwe in September of, of 2010, and I came back from that in October and Amanda, and I, Amanda picked me up from the airport. We went and spent three or four days together. And during that time of, of just reconnecting and praying together, we, we went ahead and made up our mind that at that point in time, it was time for me to start looking for another job. That whatever it was, God was just not answering prayers. Um, our, our, our finances at Hartsville were tight. We, we, we were way upside down with the building and the mortgage and, and we knew how much money was in the bank and we knew what giving was and it was like, hey, this is all going to kind of, this is all going to run out in, 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 the, in, in, in the months to come. And, and so it's one of those things that it was like, it's just time for us to move on and we'll bow out graciously. And so we, that's what we decided. And, and, and two weeks later, the simple unplugging of a microwave led to LifeBridge. It, it, it led to a fire that churched seven different fire departments, 13 hours of fighting, over a million gallons of water. It rained that day. And they were like, yep, we're just trying to keep your neighbors safe at this point. The building's a loss. 
And we're over there like, Lord, what are you doing? Hmm. Um, and, um, and so one thing led to another. There were some things going on here in, in the, the Decatur Christian Church. Uh, Joe and Billy and Henry, the, el the elders at that time, reached out to me and said, Hey, uh, we don't have a minister and you don't have a building. Um, what, what do you think about us just coming together just to kind of figure out our future? And so in January of 2011, the two congregations started meeting together in this room. And through prayer and lots of meetings, lots of meetings, and lots of reading and more prayer, we decided to merge to what we considered at that time, and I, I don't apologize for the statement because I think there's truth, and truth that sometimes hurts. We decided to merge two very unhealthy dying congregations that God had led us to this point. And there was moments of repentance, whereas leadership from, from both congregations said, Lord, we don't know what the future looks like. And we don't even know exactly 100% what we need to repent from. But we know this, we have served ourselves a lot. And you've brought us to this point. And in 2011, that's when we decided that, that we would go and, and bring all the baggage of everything that's in our closets, and we would bring it together, and we would start a, a new congregation, a new church, because that makes sense, right? <laughs> like, let's take two unhealthy things and, and bring it together. But we were going to launch with a, with a new philosophy. And we couldn't even articulate at that time what the philosophy was. Uh, we knew this. We were going to make disciples. We didn't know exactly what that looked like. We knew that we were going to be involved in the community. That, that we were going to focus externally. We knew that the emphasis was not going to be on the number of people that showed up to this campus on a Sunday morning. That is not one time has that ever been a priority. We were going to focus on authentic relationships, and we didn't even know what that looked like. We, we, we didn't have authentic relationships. We didn't, we didn't have a basis for that. So we had to learn what it was, and then we had to, to live that out. And I'm going to tell you right now, many, many, of you, many of you can attest, I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm still trying to figure out what this really and truly looks like. But we're doing it. And so in 2011, we decided we would do it. And then this weekend, 2012, we launched LifeBridge Christian Church. And so... As we got into it, there was debt, there was financial problems, and you know, there, there, we didn't know what was what. We were trying to figure things out, and the first thing that we said we were going to do is, is focus externally. We were not going to focus on ourselves. We were not going to focus on our debt. We were not going to focus on anything, updating anything around here. We were going to focus externally. And so with some connections and some prayer and, and a, a, a trip that uh, Dr. Bungu asked us to make, he said, hey, can you bring somebody who might have some idea about architecture. Can you bring them to Mashoko? And so uh, early on, Amanda and Griffin and Caitlin Bennett, now Wasser, we, we loaded up and we flew over there. And Caitlin, bless her heart, she went through every single building on the hospital campus. And there's a lot of buildings. 
And, and she took pictures of every water stain, every hole, every hole in the wall, every dirt floor. She, she kept she just hundreds upon hundreds of pictures. And we sat down with uh, the hospital leaders and, and, and we had a meal while we were there. We shared and it was like, hey, you've got like some major needs here. You, you've, you've got needs that I'm going to tell you right now, they far outweigh the ability of LifeBridge. And this is a God-sized thing, but go ahead and tell us right now what's number one on the list. And they were like, hey, we have this thing called the Matumba. It, it's down here. It's temporary housing for expecting mothers to, to, to come, and they'll, they'll live out their last few months of pregnancy here at the hospital so that when something happens... Boom, we can get them in, we can deliver the baby, and, and their chances of, of, of the baby's chances of survival and health, that it's, it's, it's just a, it's a wonderful ministry. We're, we're overcrowded. And, and so we need another one of these. And so we went and we looked and we measured. And we're like, we, we, we need another house. And so we came back and we said, church, that this is their biggest need, and this is how they minister. And this is how many opportunities to advance the gospel they have. And, and so we came back to you guys and we said, hey, this is bigger than us. And so we, we asked some other congregations, Huntsville Christian Church being one of them, to partner with us. And, and, and so collectively, between the three congregations, we raised a little over $30,000. And, and we took groups back. We took people back. And you were part of that. You gave to that. You sold cookies and Krispy Kreme donuts. And, and you were an active part of that. You made things. And, and so, if you remember, we gave every family a $100 bill and said, go take this money and turn this into a gift for this. And you guys got creative and you made blankets and all kinds of stuff. And we, we pulled our resources and... We raised the money, and then and then we took trips over. We took a couple of trips over. You saw one picture there with, with John Lancaster. Uh, he's changed a little bit since then. I'm going to point that out. But uh, he's changed a little bit since then. You saw him with Ed and Billy Bryant. And he had a couple of ladies from his church that were there. Nani was 82? Yeah, 82. 82 years old when she took her first trip. And oh, what was her first trip? Let's go make bricks and carry them. 82 years old. And she's made two trips over there with us. And she's had an active part in this. Ed went. And Ed's got a great story. We won't get in there today, but you need to ask Ed about, about his story and, and, and taking this trip. And so the Matumba Project was this huge, huge success. All because of your generosity, all because of your willingness. Then, as time's going on, we're sitting here, we're looking around, we're going to be externally focused, we're not going to focus on us. What can we do? And, and I asked the leaders of, of what was the Decatur Christian Church at, the, uh, at then, hey, what have you ever done with the school? And they said, what school? <laughs> we're like, the one that's right there. And they're like, well, yeah, we know it's there. But is that the one you're talking about? And I'm like, yeah, the one that's in our back door. What, do what have you ever done? And they're like, well, nothing. And I said, well, we're going to feed the teachers. It's something that we had done at Hartsome. We're going to do it here. And so we invited actually a couple of schools, uh, their teachers to come. And we started building relationships with the teachers. And the principal was just more than grateful. And she said, what else y'all want to do? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, we've done seven, to my knowledge, Easter egg hunts. 
Some of you have put on the little bunny costume. Sorry to shock anybody, but uh, that one's not real. Um, some of you have put on that. Most all of you have stuffed eggs. You've gone down there and you've collected eggs, and, and we're going to be doing that shortly. We're, it, 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 we're right around the corner. We have had five cocoa with Santas. We, we've had ten teacher luncheons. Uh, we did the the, Austin, the hoodie program. Uh, Sherry Yeager was leading the evangelism ministry, and, and we were sitting there at one of the teacher lunches one time, and, and these teachers are kept saying, hey, these kids, they won't put on jackets, but they'll wear hoodies, and they're coming to school cold. And so Michelle Cervantes heard about that. She's like, hey, let's, let's buy them all hoodies. And so she and others got out and they, they solicited support from Chick-fil-A and some other places. There's a Christ with you. I can't remember everybody. And, and you guys gave to that as well. And we went down there and we bought 450 hoodies and we donated that. And I'm telling you right now, you walk around that school because I walk around that school a lot. You'll still see hoodies that have been passed down and then passed down again. It's outstanding, the love and support. And, and then I can't, I can't overlook the numerous volunteers that have gone and they've eaten lunch with students. I know Dee Baker has done it. I know Joe and Sherry did it. First priority, we've had 11 different people involved over the last two years with first priority. And that's a direct investment into the lives of kids. Then you look at, early on in our life, you look at the Relational Discipleship Network. And we joined this shortly after forming LifeBridge. And I'm going to tell you right now, church, you can't tell the story of LifeBridge without talking about the network. And you saw a glimpse of that with those four guys. Those four men that you saw are, are all ministers or on staff with the network. And, 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 and these people, uh, they are a behind-the-scenes element to our story. I personally have received coaching and advice from peers. And, and, and I'll tell you this, in our history, we were able to guide two different families through very difficult times that they were experiencing. And being able to guide them through came to healing and it came to forgiveness and it led to acceptance. And I'll tell you this, Bible college does not prepare you for the incidents that we were trying to navigate. That's right. And so I'm sitting here, I'm reaching out to minister friends in the state and back in Georgia. And, and I'll tell you this, in one of the cases, they were telling me, don't touch it. In one of the cases, they were saying, you probably don't even want that in your church. You should ask the people to leave. Hmm. And I called my network buddies. And I'm like, man, I've got these issues. I've got this issue going on. And they were like, how, how, how serious are you about valuing relationships, Michael? It's going to be messy. And, 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 and there's, it could even cause a bad reputation for your name. How serious are you about relationships? Well, you can't just get up and preach about it and then not live it out. And so we went with the advice that those people gave me. And I'm telling you right now, families have been impacted directly because they 
have experienced love and acceptance that reflects Jesus. People like Eddie Bateman, Rose and Virgil Graham, Luke Yetter, Jason Tenney, Keith Strasberger, Sherry Miles, they have all influenced our culture. John Lancaster, he, he, he got on the phone with our micro network and he called Rhodes up and said, hey, Sykes is celebrating. Um, at Rhodes is, is in our micro network and Lancaster's in our micro network. I have the opportunity to, to, to coach them. Uh, these people are here to celebrate. I've already received text messages from other guys in, in our network saying we're praying for you. We're lifting you up. Way to go. Well done. And so you can't tell the story of LifeBridge and the culture without talking about the involvement of, of the Relational Discipleship Network. And then we had what we felt was going to be the first campaign, Bridging the Gap campaign, that we thought that we would do. And, and, and let me tell you something. There, there's a cool story here that uh, I, I actually forgot about until it uh, came up in some conversation this past week. This was our, we're going to get out of debt. Of course, our vision is bridging the gap between you and God. And so this is our get out of debt campaign. And so we're like challenging the church. It's time. It's time we live this out. We want our families to live debt free. We want our families to manage and budget their money well. We're going to do that here. And so we finally, we turn to the inside and we're, we're going to get out of debt. And this is one of the coolest stories I mean, this has got God written all over it. The first thing, we had a family come to us and say, hey, you know what? We're paying interest on this loan. What if we just write a check for it and you pay us back interest-free? Oh, okay, yeah, we'll do that. And I don't remember what the total amount was, but it was sixty, close to $70,000. And I'm like, man... Do we have some suckers in our church? <laughs> they're going to trust us to do this. And they're like, yeah, we're, 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 this is our part. We're going to do this. Hmm. And then there was the trip. Michael come to a DS1 out there in Houston. And I go out there and I'm sitting, um, flying a day early, and you go through these meetings and you meet your people as a facilitator. And then you have that night before. The, the conference begins. So we're sitting there at the hotel poolside and I'm talking to Matt Robertson who's the minister at the Met Church in Houston. And he's telling me about things going on and at that time we got this cell tower opportunity and this cell tower opportunity there's some people in the neighborhood that don't like it and, and, and I'm like, man, we're trying to get out of debt. This is really going to help us and this will establish us for the future and so on and so forth and and uh, I, I sit there and I just tell them what's going on. And I really talk about uh, our reputation within the neighborhood and, and how there's some families that have not participated, you know, not, not liking the fact that the church is going to put a cell tower in. And, and so um, we go through day one of the conference and we go through day two of the conference and we're at lunchtime. And, and, and Matt is like, one of the guys from the church is supposed to take me back to the airport. And I don't know who it is. And so at lunch... After lunch is over, he's like, hey, Michael, come in here for a second. And so I go in there, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. There's seven guys. There's their lead team in this office. I don't cry very often, all right? He goes, hey, I heard your story the other day. I just wanted to give you this, right? And I didn't know what it was, but he was like, open it up. And it was a check for $30,000. Now, our Bridge in the Gap campaign was that we wanted to erase 
the the sixty plus thousand dollars worth of debt, and then we wanted to save an additional ten thousand dollars of emergency money. Right? That was the that was the plan for the bridge and the gap campaign. Mm. I never told Matt how much money we were short, how how much we still owe. At that time, we owed thirty three thousand dollars, and he just wrote me a check for thirty thousand dollars. Mm. And I'm telling you, I lost it. <coughs> I lost it to the point that when I finally got to the airport, Michelle Cervantes is getting off a plane, and I just hug her. Like, like I mean, I know it was like I know it had to be one of those like awkward moments. It was, it was like, oh my gosh! Like, I, like I wanted to tell people, I wanted to celebrate. I, I, I my emotions were just like all over the place, and then I called Joe and Billy, and we told them, and and they're like, well. Anybody. And I'm like, well, Michelle's gonna know something really weird happened because, because I just hugged her in the airport in Houston. And so, and so we we do our we, we we come back and we stand up at church on Sunday and we present that to the congregation. Well, unbeknownst to us, there's a family in the church that that was like, hey, you know, we haven't given in a while. We need to give to that. And so they had already written a check, okay, for, if I remember correctly, $3,000. And, and, and so just like that, we went from owing $33,000 to we're now debt-free, just like that. And God's coordinating all this. And so Jackie interrupts me and says, hey, well, no, we actually got received some other money. We're debt-free, which then spurred some of you guys to start writing other checks and we didn't come up with the full $10,000, but we put a huge dent that day into the savings. And we went from owing $33,000 with a goal of really needing $43,000. We did that overnight. And it was all God. Amen. Isn't that the truth? And the Met Church is part of this network. And they saw a church in need. And they said, you know what? We have the means and we're going to do it. Let's talk about some other big moments. Uh, there's been eight overseas mission trips in 10 years. With that, eight different people from this congregation have taken first-time mission trips. There, there's been camp involvement. Like, like you, just, you just can't believe. Numbers of lives have been changed through our summer camp program. Many of you have served Many of you have said, I will write a check to send a kid to camp because it's super valuable. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, we were talking about this this past week, uh, the, the ripple effect, the generational effect. Katrina goes to camp for the first time. She meets somebody from down in the Fawcett community, Hartzell, and, and she connects with this girl. And, and she ends up leading her to the Lord and baptizing her at camp. And, and, and now CJ is now baptizing and leading other people to the Lord. Mm. I, I mean, it, it, it's CJ's mom is now coming to church on a regular basis because of, of, of CJ, because of Katrina. I mean, there's all kinds of things. And then you got the Restore His House, which, which we're about to conclude hopefully here soon. Windows will be in April. Right? Right? Come on, Lord. Come on, Windows. We started a capital campaign two weeks before a global pandemic was announced to the world. Amen. 
Yeah, that didn't go as we had planned. But through your generosity and your support, we exceeded the goal. We, we, we figured that, that it would be about 30-something thousand dollars. I don't remember the exact number, $35,000. And if you saw up there earlier today, we're at 43000 and people are still giving towards it. Amen. And you did that in record time. And then there's been the countless service projects in our community. Neighborhood Christian Center. I love talking to the Boldens. I'll see them out at Starbucks or something, and they'll be like, hey, somebody from your church stopped by and, and work today. Hmm. Parents actively involved with um, Clothe Our Kids. And now that's act rolled up into first priority. Mm. And then I'll find out that groups have gone down there and they've worked, they've put closed boxes together, they've donated things. Luke 15 says that heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents. Mm. Now, as you can tell right here, uh, our record keeping is lacking. I could probably do a better job with the fine details. But I found 16 pics and videos over the years of people who have repented of sin and they've asked Jesus into their life here at LifeBridge. There have been others who did this at camp. There have been a few others that weren't even part or weren't even done in a corporate setting, but we're unlocking the building to let somebody come in here and give their life to the Lord and baptize them in, into the family. Hmm. There have been those who have come and they've rededicated their life again. And church, those are just, those are some of the big moments. If we started opening up and sharing and talking, there's, there's, there's probably others. Those are, those are, but those are some pretty big moments in our short 10-year history. And they're worth celebrating. But I want you to know this, and I say this with honesty, they're not our best moments. Come on. It's hard to capture but the best moments are the relational moments where we have challenged one another, where we have comforted, where we have cared for one another. Mm. I asked the people to give some testimonies. It just said, hey, just tell me about the significance of LifeBridge in your life. I didn't lead them down a path at all, and every single one of them talked about relationships. Mm. Every single one of them had a, I've been a part of a church before, and it was nothing like my experience here. The best moments are meals being delivered to help out a fellow life. I, lo I love calling somebody. The Littles. How you doing, Littles? Oh, that's great. Miss Margaret just checked on us. And the baker just brought food over. I, I, that's outstanding. I'd call Loretta. Yep, so-and-so did this, and so-and-so did this. Call Miss Margaret. Yeah, Ed goes over here. The kids did this. I mean, I mean there's, there's all of these stories that go on behind the scenes. I've been the recipient of, of people dropping meals off when, when my family has been sick. The best moments are when we stop a business meeting. 
is, you know, you're a church and you got to have business meetings. When you stop a business meeting and you go to a family member's home, a, a, a leadership team member's home who is hurting, those are the best moments when we go to their home and we pray over their family because they are going through something. The best moments are when there's tension between two different people or families. And they sit down and they talk things out and they resolve things in a biblical manner. The best moments, church, are when we take time out of our busy life and personally invest in the life of someone else. Beyond 2022, I, I kind of know if the Lord doesn't, if, if the Lord tarries, I know what this year is going to look like, right? I'm not sure what the next big moment's going to be after this year. I'm not sure about our next mission trip. I'm not sure about our next campaign to serve the community. I, I, I know there will be something in the future, but I, I truthfully don't know what that's going to look like just yet. But I'm certain of this. Our next big, our next best moment happens when you and I continue to live out what Jesus said, love me first and love people as yourself. And there will be countless best moments yeah. in our future. Got one more testimony I want you to watch. Thank you all for your faithfulness, availableness, and teachableness. LifeBridge would not be where it is today without you and your obedience to God. In September of 2012, I moved here from Carrollton, Georgia. And to put it simply, it was because God said to just go. Pictures can have a thousand words and pictures alone cannot do justice to what has happened here. We have laughed together and cried together. I've been frustrated beyond belief more times than I care to count. The big moments over the last 10 years have taken place within the deep relationships we have with one another. From talks in many car rides to many different places and even on the way down to serve the kids at Auburn. From the number of heartbreaking funeral and memorial services for the ones we love and the ones we barely knew from text back and forth of pictures of what God revealed to us through his word and numerous books, from trips to the doctor, and from money given generously that surpassed amounts greater than anyone else, knowing that it was not even their responsibility. And from the love provided through heartache, no matter how small or great. My list of things that have taken place at LifeBridge over the last 10 years could go on and on, but I will stop here to say this. Our last 10 years together would not have happened without you, and most importantly, they would not have happened without God. We are here today to celebrate God's faithfulness to LifeBridge. The impact of things he has done and will do are greater than we could ever ask or imagine. When we fully trust God, 
as his word instructs us to do, we will do great things. We live in a world of helplessness, confusion, pain, and stubbornness. Out of our love for God, we will be obedient to his word that tells us to go into all the world and love all his people through relationships just like Jesus did with everyone he met. My prayer for us going into the rest of this year is to be more like Jesus and less and less like ourselves. Thank you all. I love you. And that, that's our remembrance of what the Lord has done. And I, I pray that, that we don't forget. Uh, but as Paul wrote to the Philippian church as they were going through something, I'm not dwelling on the past. I'm, I'm looking forward to the future. And, and, and it's this goal that I strive for. What, what, what's, what lies ahead is what needs our focus and our attention. And so what the next 10 years look like? God has been good, church. We can't, we, we can't deny it. His love is always extended to you and I. His faithfulness is certain. And, and so we are going to, as a church, I can tell you this, we are going to strive to seek first His kingdom on an organizational level. And we're going to encourage you to do this on a personal level. So what's the next 10 years look like? Well, I've got a lot to say, and I'm going to read this pretty quick. You've heard me, you know me well enough to know that I bring this up often. What's the goal? What should be the goal of every follower of Jesus? Let me let the Word of God answer that. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Let's embrace the doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Then there's the Ephesians passage, Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verses 12. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and to build up the church the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies to, uh, so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Mature. Not just worldly maturity, not just, hey, I've got gray hairs now and I've got some experiences, but, but there's this, this maturity that, that God desires for every follower. And, and can I just say, Jan and J.W., Looking back over the last 10 years, and I hope you receive this as a compliment, y'all didn't age one bit. All the rest of us, let me tell you, we flat out aged. We, you guys look the same 10 years ago as you do now. You look great. Maturity. 
growth. Hmm. That, that, that's the goal that God desires. He, he wants you to come to believe in Him and to have a faith in Him, but that faith then spurs us on. It's not about cheap grace. It's not about just the, the fire insurance. It's not about, yes, Lord, I want you into my life, and now I'm going to live how I want to live, and, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to take on, you know, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to live for me, but I'll, I'll, I'll get into heaven because I've asked you into my life. It's not about that. He wants you to grow and mature. He wants to take you out of your comfort zone. He wants you to do things that you've never done before. In 2019, at camp, I was up on on stage and I was speaking to the kids. And a phrase from Ephesians 4 leapt off the page during the sermon. And I just read it, created to be like God. Right? That next Sunday... I'm up here, I'm preaching a different sermon, and and I'm preaching from Colossians chapter 3. And the phrase, become like him, stood out. I'm like, wait a minute. These phrases did not mean much to me during the studying aspect of of sermon prep, but they did in the delivery. Mm. And so began a journey of studying this New Testament theme of becoming like Jesus. I just want to share some verses with you. You know, Luke 6.40, first off, Jesus talking to the disciples. He says, students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. Colossians 3.10, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator, and become like him. 2 Corinthians 3.18 So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Ephesians 4.23 Instead let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Verse 24 Put on your new nature. Created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Romans 8, 29. For God knew His people in advance and He chose them to become like His Son so that His Son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Philippians speaks to this. Thessalonians speaks to this. It's woven within and without of of the pages of the New Testament that we read, there is a desire that we become like Jesus. And so I went to the leadership team and I said, hey, I really and truly believe that this is where God is is leading us in this direction. That, That our vision as a church, our direction as a church needs to be centered around this thought process of becoming like Jesus. And and so the leadership team decided that this would be the new vision moving forward. We're going to retire the vision of LifeBridge, the bridging the gap between you and God. It has served us well. It has led us to a point. But our new vision will be becoming like Jesus. And we're going to spend this entire year, your life group material, those conversations, Sermons are all directed and will guide us through the characteristics of Jesus, who he was, 
We're going to look at His love. And we're going to look at His faithfulness. We're going to look at His gentleness. We're going to look at His compassion. We're going to look at a lot of the aspects of Jesus that, hey, Michael needs to work on personally. And we're going to focus our attention on what's it like for us to become like Him. And I'll tell you this. In order to become like something, or to become like someone, you do the things they did in the manner that they did them. And Jesus lived in relationship with 12 guys. And he loved them, and he was bold, and he was gentle. He challenged them, he showed them grace. And that's the Jesus that we are going to strive to become like. And so the next 10 years, maybe even beyond, our focus, because maturity is what should be the goal of every Christian, our focus is becoming like Jesus. So you're going to hear that a lot more leading into the future. So, we're celebrating. Today's a day of celebration. I'm almost done. I promise. Today's a day of celebration. But here's the thing. We're not celebrating 10 years of life bridge today and today only. We're, we're going to carry this party on throughout the year. That There's going to be other moments of celebration. And, and here's the thing about birthdays and here's the thing about, uh, about celebration. There's normally gifts, right? Right? Well, next week, I got a little something, something for you. Okay? But today, since it's God's faithful to, faithfulness to us, and He has told us, test me. Test me with what matters most. And to most people, what matters most is, is money. And, and, and so here's, here's, here's kind of a, a cool thing that our leadership team, and I'll brag on them. I don't brag on them enough. I need to brag on them. The last two weeks, church, we have focused our talks here about money. We looked at the Macedonian church. And, and, and we talked about how they had a desire. They were begging. They were begging to be part of the gift giving. And Paul was like, they're destitute. They're broke. They've got nothing. And yet they want to give. They gave, Paul says, above their means. How's that even possible when you have nothing? And, and then we looked at the widow. And, 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 and the deal with the widow is that's not about she put two copper coins in. It, that's all about she kept nothing for herself and gave it all to the Lord. Ooh. And so to celebrate God and what God has done here, I told this to you a few weeks ago. We want to worship and celebrate God and what He has done by being generous. And our leadership team decided that this would be our most generous year this year. And so it begins with a giving challenge this week. They decided, and I'm 100% behind them. As a matter of fact, I went to the leadership team and said, hey, to celebrate 10 years, hey, well, we got the cell phone tower money. It comes out to a little over $12,000 right now. Um, or it comes out to $12,000, I think. That's, that's it. I said, hey, what if we took half of it? And what if we took half of this and we invested it in our community and we invested it in certain ways uh, to honor God? What do you think about that? And they were like, 
hey, if we really believe God is going to provide and meet needs, what if we give all of it away? And I'm like, whoa, hold on now. How about, can we meet in the middle three-fourths of it? And they were like, well, no, because God's God. And he's like, he's really big. What if we give all of it away? And I'm like, you mean like all of it, all of it? Like all $12,000? And they were like, yeah, let's give all $12,000. And then, and I'm going to throw Perry under the bus right here. He said, let's not just church stroke some checks. Let's challenge our people to match the things above and beyond that we give. <laughs> and our leadership team was like, that is great. And I'm telling you right now, I, I proposed this two years ago. And, and I had like, let's talk about this for like a 45 minute window. And, and and Mike and Jack, I mean, the conversation just started going and they just started talking about ideas in different ways that we could break up this $12,000 and then any money that you guys are willing to give above and beyond and, and we the different ways that we could give this. And I was like, oh my gosh, like shut up, Michael, and just let them keep talking. And I'm over there just taking notes. And I'm telling you, they came up with a page full of lists of things to do. And then fast forward to a year when we're planning out now this year, same thing happened. They're like, hey, let's do this, and let's do this, and let's do this, and let's do this. And so our giving challenge begins today with what we think will be, and what we're praying, will be our most generous, our biggest gift of the year. They decided, uh, we decided as a leadership team, Oh, well, first of all, let me, let me say this. We're gonna we're gonna split the twelve thousand dollars up in various ways. We're gonna we're gonna support some of our mission partners as they come to us this year. Dr. B is planning the trip. We get Auburn up here. We're, we're gonna do some different things with our mission partners. Okay, then we're going to give some money to you, church. We're gonna give you money back, and we're gonna say go and invested in the community. Go invested in people at the gas station. We'll, we'll get more into that later. But, but we're going to put money in your hands and say, go love people. Mm. That's what we're going to do. So you don't want to miss that Sunday because we're handing out, we're handing out Benjamins that Sunday, all right? Uh, we're, we're doing that. And then we're going to give uh, some of the money that we're going to invest directly in our community, the schools, Save a Life right down here. Um, there's there's a, a couple of people in our church who are involved in in some uh, missions of their own, and, and we, we, we're looking at maybe consider, we're considering uh, looking at them and surprising them with some stuff, and of course now they know, right? Like we're just going to be generous. We're going to be generous with money. Praise the Lord. Mm. But the first gift is going to we're going to write a check next week mm. to a church. This is uh, uh, this is Noah and his wife, Ashley. And then the other picture is um, coming up in about six seconds. Uh, that is Eric. Mm. Um, I know these two men from the Relational Discipleship Network that has been an active part of our life here. Uh, got to know them really well. They serve in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, Eric, and that's their team right there. Um, Eric felt God calling him to plant a church. So he was uh, an executive pastor at a church in Murfreesboro. He said, you know what? I feel God leading me to this. I'm going to step out and I'm going to plant a church 
um, a few miles away and their church got behind them and blessed them and, and, and sent them on. Um, Eric, uh, that guy right there, uh, and those three ladies with him, they sold their house. And they said, in order for this to happen, we've got to sell our house and we've got to downsize drastically because we're taking a major financial cut uh, in what we make. And, and they are uh, blessing their community. The name of the church is um, My Restoration or, or Restoration Church in Murfreesboro. There's two of them already there, just so you know. And uh, so our leadership team, as they were talking, said, let's give them $5,000. Yeah. So Sunday, we're going we're gonna to write them a check, but not for $5,000. We want to celebrate and worship God by blessing them with $10,000. Here's how that happens. We want to give you one week. We're challenging you to pray about this, to think about this. What can you give to these men and their families who said, you know what, we're going to trust God. And we're going to step out and we're going to start a church because we feel that he's leading us this way. And, and we are going to give, uh, we're going to sell our houses and we're going to sell things just so that we can serve this community that, that we are in. And just like we were the, the recipients of a generous gift and we didn't know it was coming, we want to be that mm. to these guys right here. And I could go on and I could talk about them. Rhodes has met them. Um, and Caleb has a relationship with them. They're, they're down to earth guys and they're just trusting the Lord. Mm. And so this week we're asking that you pray about this and you come prepared next week and we'll remind you, we'll send some things out. I'm almost done, I promise. Um, we're we're going we're gonna to send some things out and we're going to very early in the service next week, we're going to collect a separate offering. This is above and beyond your normal giving. This is, this is a gift, not a tithe. This is a gift. And, and next Sunday, we're going to collect a separate offering. And I'm praying. I'm praying that it's at least $10,000. I know it's $5,000. And I'm praying it's $10,000. And I'm praying that you have the spirit of the Macedonian church. Couldn't wait to give. Because God has been so, so good to us. And he just reminds us time and time again to test him and see what happens. And so we're going to be generous this year. We're going to give money away like we've never given money away before. And we're going to test him. Who's with me? <laughs> I, got like a lot of, I got a lot of like, come on now, are we... Are we all right, so we're going to have a special offering uh, early on next week. We'll count it up. We'll let you know. We'll celebrate. All right? All right, so look here. Our favorite, one of our favorite things to do at LifeBridge is Amen. Tonight, 5.30, back here, I've been promised there's some crazy games, there's activities, uh, there's prizes. Uh, we've got a couple families that couldn't be here today that are going to be here tonight. We're going to have fun. No life groups tonight. We're going to meet here. We're just going to have a great time. There will be birthday cake tonight. So come on back right. at 5.30 tonight. Let me pray. And then our, our team, our celebration team, is going to sing a song that is going to be an anthem for this year. Oh. See if you can connect the dots. God, we love you. We thank you for this day. Oh. Yes. God, you're good to us, and we're grateful. Hmm. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Father God, I pray that as we go into this time of fellowship that we just have your blessing over the food and just 
the hands that have prepared it and all the time spent um, planning, dear Lord. Father God, I pray that you would just begin to work in our hearts just through your spirit, dear Lord, and how we can become more and more like Jesus. God, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen.